rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. My name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from, I mean, at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices. If you haven't downloaded the Progressive Voices app, you should do it right now. It has all of the amazing and awesome progressive talk shows that you'll ever need, including Randy Rhodes, Mike Malloy, Tom Hartman, and others, many others that you may not have heard of. And then there's a whole Progressive Voices on Demand page. All right, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Just go to ProgressiveVoices.com. And what else? We're here live every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. And then if you're, if you're listening on Facebook or on any of our other streams, I encourage you to please come on over to the YouTube stream. So that's, that's the chat that I will be interacting with. Otherwise, there's too many, there's, there's, uh, there's too many places. I can't keep track. I can barely keep track of what time it is, what day it is, where I'm, where the hell am I? What's happening? I don't know what's going on half the time. So narrow it down. Come over to YouTube. And then you can hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel and also the little bell on the YouTube. I think it's over here somewhere where you can be notified every time we get up we get up on the air on this bitch, all right? Every time this bitch gets on the air on that bitch, you get a notification. Yo. And, yeah, I'm looking at the chat now. Thank you, Jim, and thank you, Patricia, for your amazing super chats right off the bat. And you guys are also patrons, so you are really the bread and butter of what keeps us on the air, honestly. And also Haiku. Hi, Haiku. Chuck. Greg. Hello. Hello, friends. Yeah, this is the way we're going to have to do it. It's good that we're getting together. And William, I see you. I see you up there. Um, because of the, the, I guess, the quarantine, self-quarantine. People are feeling isolated. We're, we, we're going to keep doing a show. And Myriad Creative, hello, welcome, welcome to the show, and Chuck, welcome, welcome. So, yeah, now more than ever, I know we always say, now, now more than ever. Everything is always now more than ever, but now more than ever, for real, we're going to need each other. We're going to need these live streams, and hopefully we can get together more often during this crisis. Hello, Mark. Welcome, welcome. Come on over. Anybody else listening, come and, ch and check out the YouTube channel and hang out. And you can get, if you are so inclined, you can give us a, uh, of, uh, you can give us some um, super chats and also sign up to become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. That's not what the show is about. It's not just me asking for super chats and patre Patreon supporters. No. We're the real patriots. Let me just explain. What do we do here? Well, as I said, we meet here every Saturday, even for the most part. But then we do some weekday specials. 
Um, the reason I ask you to become a patron is because we're trying to do a daily show. If we get enough patrons, we will eventually do a daily show. That's the way it is. Um, in the meantime, we're going to do as many as we can, but we definitely have the Saturday gig, and that is also on Progressive Voices. So, why are we here? I believe, and most of you guys, I suppose, too, some people disagree, but I, I believe that the United States is... Um, is a liberal nation. It's not just the belief. What am I talking about? I believe. It's like I believe that... It's like saying you believe that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. The U.S. was founded as the progressive antidote to the systems of government that we were... that, that, that ruled Western civilization for thousands of years. The kind of system where the rich ran everything and owned everything and passed on their ill-gotten gains to the, their, in, their undeserving heirs, where intergenerational aristocracies kept the boot uh, on their necks, on the necks of the working class, in hand-in-hand hand with religious authorities that told the people, don't rise up against your betters, your natural lord, or... That's, you'll be going against God. So, the United States was founded by liberals, progressives, who said, we don't need to live, we don't need to have a government that, that is of, by, and for the rich and the aristocracy. We're making a government born in the liberal age of enlightenment. We're making a government for the people, of, by, and for the people. That is a radical liberal idea so but we've always had conflict with conservatives it's oh it's not just demo it's not democrats and republicans it's conservatives and liberals conservatives and normal people because you have to have a level of normal normalcy in your brain to be able to function in a free democratic society the type of diverse democratic society that the Republicans can only pretend that they love. And this is what we're fighting for. And, that, and we get together every Saturday evening and we're building a community that, that I guess, helps each other. I, I like to say we stick together, we win. That's the whole motto of the country. That's e pluribus unum. We stick together, we win. We leave no one behind. And as we see what's going on with this coronavirus, unfortunately, it's always the case. A crisis will bring out, bring the truth to the forefront, always. There is no denying that, once again, conservatism, the conservative ideology is a ideology of failure well uh, not failure for the top failure for the people for the little guy notice how all of the right-wingers all your right-wing neighbors your trumpanzee neighbors are all crying about government what's government going to do what's what where's the government you mean the government that you hate the government that you want to drown in a bathtub 
that you want to make so small that it will that you can drown it like a like a baby in a drowning in a bathtub? This is the guy. I thought government was the problem, not the solution. For years we've been hearing this shit because the private sector is supposed to do everything. The end all and be all of human existence is supposed to be the profit motive. But I hate to tell you, conservatives, that you're wrong. I mean, I don't hate to tell you that. This is what I tell you every week. I don't hate to tell you. I like telling it to you. You know why I hate it? I hate your resistance to it. I hate your denial. If only, you see, if somebody said to me, you're doing it wrong, this is the truth, and they showed me the truth before my very eyes, I'd say, you know what, you're goddamn right. And I'd switch. I'd change my ideology. That's the difference between normal people and Republicans. Because to Republicans, everything is a tax cut. What's the answer to the coronavirus? A tax break. More money to the top. Is it... Doing something that we actually need? No. Is it Medicare for all? No. It's only Medicare for all temporarily. No, private insurance. There's the private health insurance racket. It's supposed to come to the aid of the United States. It's supposed to be such the greatest, most awesome system on earth. We have the greatest health care on earth. I've been hearing my entire life. We have the greatest anything on earth if you're rich but unfortunately when you live in a society where 85 million americans have either no health care that half of that number 44 have nothing and then the rest have less than nothing they have next to nothing and you have a pandemic where i guess it doesn't matter if you have health insurance or not the pan the the effing coronavirus isn't not going to check your insurance card as it drops you know as your as it goes from person to person it's not checking how much money you have in the bank but yet again here comes government to the rescue oh well uh what's where's the private sector i thought that they were supposed to be they were supposed to swoop in. You think that, all, where's all these tests? You th- there's a need. I thought the, the free market would come in and say, oh, we need, a, there, we, we need to fill this gap in testing for the coronavirus because obviously there's a capitalist opportunity here. There's not a lot of tests. You know, we, we could have had tests, the coronavirus test, but the, the, the orange asshole who squats in the White House despite receiving fewer votes, rejected the World Health Organization's tests because why? He wanted, I guess, I don't know, America? This is, I guess that's the excuse, America. Be- made in America? Well, who, um, I, I don't understand. All it does is prove us right. And we know he does. the reason why Twitler didn't want the tests being done here in the United States is because he doesn't want to know the numbers. And there you go. That's why you don't want a tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying con man who received fewer votes, squatting in the White House, not, not just at a time of crisis, any time. 
Because any time, that's the difference. Be, that, that's the thing about crises or health. Things can turn into a crisis. One day you're, you're walking down the street. Next day, there's a crisis. That's the nature of life. The nature of life is we can guarantee there will be an effing crisis. But right now, we're all in a crisis at the same time. So it is laying bare for all to see just how inadequate, how unfit Republicans, conservatives are. Not just, you don't even have to be a, you don't have to be a Republican to be a conservative. I'm talking about you, Pete Buttigieg. I'm talking about you, Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar. You, DLCers, Clintonomics, uh, the proponents of uh, the same, a little less harsh system that is completely in bed with, uh, with Wall Street. What am I trying to say? I need, a, I need a drink of coffee. Here's a nice mug that you can buy at the RDT Daily merchandising store and it made me just made me blurry wonderful hello camera hey camera focus focus Ugh, I'll have to continue it looks better when it's blurry anyway that's the way we like it we do we like it like that blurry is better I'm going to start a new oh there we go focus but it isn't it amazing where's the proponents for medicare for all who want it i thought we as americans we know better we know what, what our family needs well you see um pete Buttigieg, this year i don't plan on getting the coronavirus me anyone in my family we don't so i, I really don't need that much health insurance we have decided that it's not uh, we we know better we know what we're gonna need this year we know that there won't be a deadly pandemic affecting us or what about the rest of the republican ideology that brought us to the state uh, in our system where the man i don't know what those the exact numbers are but Many of our fellow Americans, we live check to check. Less than half of the American people are now living in the middle class lifestyle. But then you have this whole gig economy. Remember when the Republicans had their convention and there was there there were union cab drivers drivers and then there were Ubers, the Uber drivers. But the Republicans, because they like Uber, they like the Uber drivers, not, you know, nothing personal, but they don't like unions. So the Uber drivers could drive right up to the door of the Republican convention where they were meeting, but the cab drivers were locked out. Was that in the, that was the Republican convention, right? Am I misremembering this now? Convention, or was that, now I'm thinking to myself, that might've been the Democratic convention too. Hmm, whatever. I don't know. This is an article. Am I wrong? Guys, I, w I didn't plan on talking about this. This is why. But in my mind, this is what's so confusing. That's why 
I get in trouble a lot with people who write and they say you're going to get Joe Biden. You're going to you're you're ensuring that Joe Biden won't be elected if he's the nominee. And that's still up for debate. We have a de- debate on Sunday and it's I believe that and we'll get to repeat it again, whatever, that Bernie is the best most effective contender to go up against Twitter. And I think that Biden if he wins, it will be because of things like the coronavirus. The only good thing out of the coronavirus is that it, it, like we're saying, it opens, it shows the exact how, just how unfit Republicans are. So it will work to the benefit of anyone who goes up against Twitter. No matter what, even if it's Bernie, it will go, it will work in Bernie's favor as well. But it's uh, when I'm talking about it, just like what we what just happened when I was talking about the Democratic the Uber drivers. I re, I'm I'm going back to 2016, and I know that the Republican convention they love Uber. They just loved Uber. I remember actually Marco or was it uh, Jeb Bush did a whole thing with his Uber driver because they they were pushing Uber for the mere fact that it's a gig economy job. Oh, look, oh, and he was interviewing this Uber driver. You have, uh, you get to make your own hours. You can work uh, and, and at your convenience. You can use it as a side job. They love Uber because there's no, the, the bosses get the bulk of the profit and the workers get they get nothing really they have they're 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 inter they are um independent contractors and so there's no uh the there's no relationship between real really between the uber ceos the company itself and its employees and whatever you call them they are employees but the republicans and the dlc type democrats they like that kind of that kind of new relationship that the American people have with the bosses, so to speak, because you're on your own. You're not in it together. You're not, you're not collectively bargaining. You're not uh, working for, the, you know, for a decent middle-class life along with your brethren. You're, you're trying to keep up with the decent middle-class life that your father had. That, you, that was your father's birthright. And we know that in this new gig economy, the American people are not living as well as their grandparents did. So it's really sickening to me, just an aside, that you see how... The um, how Biden is winning the votes of all the baby boomers and and people in that generation, the the generation that benefited from the New Deal, are all voting for Biden. But the youthful generation coming up, they're going for Bernie at an, an unprecedented amount, over seventy percent, and that says it all. And these old people, they have the benefits of guaranteed pensions. They lived in, they, they've, they're the ones who voted for FDR, for the FDR New Deal policies. And there they are pulling up the ladder behind them. 
not understanding that these are the ones that are like, oh, I like Pete Buttigieg because he's uh, he speaks five languages. Not understanding that, oh, yeah, I don't want to work. Um, I don't want to pay for someone's for a rich kid to go to college that these are the Republican talking points. So what's the there's a real thin line between in my opinion, between the the Democratic DLC establishment and the Republicans. The Republicans are right off the chart fascists, yes. But, you know, what is the Democratic Party if they're peddling the same Republican talking points? It's an abomination when I hear a Democratic candidate for the presidency spewing Republican talking points. It makes me say, what does the Democratic Party stand for? And since I'm on the subject right now, and just to get my brain a little bit more focused for what what we're talking about, I was going to read this article. It's another essay by Chris, Chris Hedges that, in following what we read the other week about with, that Chris Hedges wrote, Chris Hedges is un, is an amazing writer. And let me see, get the exact title of what we wrote, what we read last couple of weeks ago. This is in Truth Dig. Oh yes, it was the name of the of the article was Class: The Little Word the Elites Want You to Forget. And this one. This article, this follow-up article that he published on March 9th is called The One-Choice Election. All right. Let's, let's read it so I can get my brain in the game. How's everybody doing, by the way? I got another super chat. Thank you, Anthony. Don't Trump, hello, Trump, thump, hello, what? Don't Trump, hello, thump. Hello. He writes. Who else is here? I'm taking attendance. Our regulars. Okay. Resist. Sin City. Cheyenne. Patricia. Anthony. Haiku. Elise. 214. MR Browning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Who else? We have more people on the stream, but not everybody's chatting. Don't be shy. Antonio, welcome. Welcome, welcome. All right. There is one. There, here's Chris Hedges. There is only one choice in this election. The, consolid, the consolidation of oligarchic power under Donald Trump or the consolidation of oligarchic power under Joe Biden. The oligarchs with Trump or Biden will win again. We will lose the oligarchs made it abundantly clear. Should Bernie Sanders miraculously become the Democratic Party nominee, they would join forces with the Republicans to crush him. Trump would, if Sanders was the nominee, instantly be shorn by the Democratic Party elites of his demons and his propensity to, for tyranny. Sanders would be the red-baited, as he was viciously, Friday in the New York Times, in an article called as Bernie Sanders pushed closer ties, Soviet Union spotted opportunity. Okay, that's a, a headline in the New York Times. As Bernie Sanders pushed for closer ties, 
comma, Soviet Union spotted opportunity. What, what the hell is that kind of shit? As if the, 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 a, a President Bernie Sanders would be such a friend to Russia when we have one who, we have a president right now who is completely in bed with Russia, so much so that he literally supplicates himself on the international stage in front of Putin, denying Putin's role in interfering in our elections, covering Putin's ass, having secret meetings with Putin behind closed doors that we, where we don't have a transcript, where he takes the transcript. But Bernie Sanders, what they're saying is that Bernie is going to, what, he's a... He's a, um, he's a Manchurian candidate, so to speak. Previously unseen documents from a Soviet archive show how Mr. Sanders worked to find a sister city in Russia when he was mayor in 1980. Moscow saw a chance for propaganda. What kind of shit is this? Because the oligarchs, they, they want it all. You see what I'm saying? Right now, you, government is coming to the aid of the for-profit health insurance racket. Trust us. They will bail out the for-profit health insurance racket. They should be, the for-profit health insurance racket should be dancing in the streets right now. Yeah, with all these sick people, all this profit to be made. But it's such a, an, a, it's such a crisis that they know how unseemly it is. But what will happen Forget what the American people need. What will happen is that the government will bail out these for-profit health insurance racketeers. They will make up the shortfall, meaning we will. So it will be free for us if we go in and we get a test for the coronavirus. But trust me, the for-profit health insurance racket is getting their vig. They will be covered. They will come out ahead they'll come out in the black this is a uh, this is such a, a boon for them so instead of forget what it, what's what does it cost for medicare for all what does it cost to funnel more money into the pockets of health racketeers insurance racketeers that do nothing that stand in your doctor's office denying care that are the reason that the United States has the measurably worst health insurance or health outcomes in the entire Western world. Measurably worse. We have the measurably worst. We, that's what we pay for. So now it, they want to know. And the insurance racketeers let it be known when they came out of a meeting with Twitler and Twitler, because he's just a liar, he lies as quickly as breathing and sucking in a hamburger, he said everything will be covered. Oh, the, the tests will be covered without co-pays. And then the insurance racketeers came out and said, oh, no, 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 no. That's not really true. We, we need our VIG. We're not in this for health. We got to make some money, booby. This is for-profit health. Think about how disgusting that is. A for-profit health racket. So you get the coronavirus and your insurance racket is standing there saying your money or your life. We got to make money off of this deadly pandemic. 
What a filthy way to make a living, these disgusting parasites. And that's what they are. You got the coronavirus, which is a virus infesting the human, the body uh, in general. And then you have the health insurance racket, parasites infesting the body politic. And you have an entire apparatus of government dancing around to prop it up, including on the right. I mean, on the left. Right and left, whatever. There's hard, it's hard to tell nowadays. Somebody who says Medicare for all who want it? What a gift. I want to hear, what, is, what does Pete Buttigieg say about the deadly pandemic for those who want it? What's his stance? What, Joe Biden, you're going to still veto Medicare for all? But now we'll have Medicare for all temporarily. It'll be Medicare for all, but the private health insurance racketeer will take their cut. They never say, how, is, how are we going to pay for it when it comes to giving money to private companies? But what about, how, how are we not going to pay for it? How are we, what's the cost of not doing it? Well, you're looking at it. You're looking at the deadly pandemic that proves us right again it proves bernie right we've been fighting for medicare for all and we've been fighting for sick leave we're the only country that doesn't have guaranteed sick pay oh no no oh don't worry the government they they signed some bill that well it's not happening yet of course it has to get through mitch mcconnell to cover sick uh sick leave two weeks of sick leave for for American workers. I, I'm sure there's many, many caveats to that. And, but it hasn't gotten through um, the Senate yet, of course, because the Senate's doing everything they can to block it. And even still, 40 Republicans voted against it. But it's not just going to the American worker. It's going to the private companies. So, you know, you got to prop up the private companies. But you, as a person... You can go die. The only reason it's they're doing something about it is because it's such a pervasive problem. But this happens every single day on a smaller scale. It happens to different p- families all the time. There's there might as well be a deadly pandemic in some. Well, it's not a you know what I mean. In someone's home, in someone's family, when someone gets sick, it's all of these catastrophes happening in people's lives and then they see the light when it's a republican of course they say oh well now i see why we need health care why everyone needs health care not or why everybody needs whatever whatever they need is what they they finally see the light like joe scarborough oh yeah uh diabetes medicine what a disaster how how disgraceful that it's so expensive when your son has diabetes, not, not that many sons, other people's sons, they don't F them. But uh, you could go in different, everyone has a story. Every family has a story about fighting their health insurance racketeers. Disgusting. Okay. Um, and that's why they're un- unnecessary. They're completely unnecessary. 
Why wouldn't you want to cut off a tumor that's killing you? It's the same thing. Those private health insurance racketeers are nothing but parasites. Destroying the American people, sucking profit from our miseries, hiking up. What, I mean, the stats off the top of my head, it's, I think, uh, health... The because um, of our for-profit health insurance racket, I think it takes up is it fifteen percent of the GDP? GDP health. That's why I need a producer, and that's why I say please become a patron, because maybe some. But one day we can say, hey, can you look up that stat? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, U.S. spending on health care. Health services spending growth has remained stable in recent quarters. Health spending totals $74.6 billion in 1970. By 2000, health expenditures reached $1.4 trillion. And in 2018, the amount spent on health had more than doubled to th- 3.6 trillion total health expenditures represent the amount of spent health spent on health care and health related activities such as administration of insurance health research and public health this is the peterson kff health system tracker health spending growth has outpaced the growth of the u.s economy the total national health expenditure as a percent as a percent of gross national or go, gross domestic domestic product is 18% in 2018 unbelievable wow so yeah it's an untenable we also rank last health the united states dead last Ranks last among 11 countries. U.S. ranks last for health outcomes, equity, and quality. So we don't even get more for what we're paying for. That's the other thing that is offensive. And you would think that the Republicans are so all so about the free market that they would be offended by that as well. That's okay, though, right? As long as the rich get richer, they can adjust their ideology. And that's what Republicans do. They just, well, they only adjust it within a, the strict boundaries of their rigid cult ideology, which is nothing but, it's the same for everything. Tax breaks and deregulation. But as you see, when the shit hits the fan, you can only get away with that so far. Of course, Trump is using this crisis to attack Social Security now, trying to get a payroll tax cut. What is a payroll tax cut going to do? It will undermine Social Security. That's it. So in the midst of a crisis, do whatever you can to get your conservative wish list that will leave us in a weaker position. Because that's the Republican way. You're not really trying to help people. Uh, Ultimately, 
the point of conservatism is to un- is to unravel the social compact is to take us back to the dark ages that's the truth it's not you know uh don't don't write me and say oh that's crazy you're you're being nuts talking about going back to the dark ages well know them by their fruits what were the dark ages the uh education is a providence of the rich check if you have if you run on hard times you have the church go to the church for your needs for your don't don't expect this the government to do anything for you all government does is make the rich richer pass on your untaxed wealth to your undeserving heirs check what do you think they're rolling back the estate taxes that's creating an aristocracy again the likes of which the founders fought a revolution to escape and that's why they were for progressive taxation so you would prevent the bloating of an aristocracy and that's why you and it was commonly known that an estate tax is there to stop uh stop an aristocracy from developing because aristocracies and democracies cannot coexist that's just the way it is all right here where is this chris hedges article all right talking about he was viciously red baited in the new york times and turned into a figure of derision and ridicule the oligarchs preached the sermon of the least worst to us when they attempted to ram Hillary Clinton or Biden down our throats but ignore it for themselves they prefer Biden over Trump but they can live with either only one thing matters to oligarchs and it's not democracy it's not truth it is not the consent of the governed obviously if it were and this is me talking not Chris Hedges then the wants and needs of working people wouldn't have a statistically insignificant effect on government policy, as we know. And that shouldn't offend everyone, whether you're a Republican or a normal person. That should offend you, Republicans. That wants and needs of working people? Of course. Guess what? Those working people aren't just brown people. That could be you, too. That's their real problem, is that they don't like to share a a civilization with people who have darker pigment. That's how little and tiny they are in their minds. And unfit. They would rather look to a giant, orange, disgusting, bloated, greed-centered, tax-dodging, draft-dodging, tax well tax cheat yeah he's a tax cheat. that's why i said that twice and uh sexual predator who receive fewer votes then sh- that look to that 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 con man to meet them for a beer then meet any of their fellow american their fellow workers who are in the same boat they wouldn't meet them for a beer if they have darker pigment well, maybe they would. They, but if they would, that's like, oh, you're one of the good ones. Because they, they like when br- brown people wear those uh, MAGA hats. They put them right up in the front. 
you know, the few, the few that follow them, they put them right up in the front and then they, they hide behind them as human shields for their bigotry. Look, see, hey, look, diamond and silk. See, look, look, uh, Ben Carson, look. Then they say, oh, wow, they're smart. They're one of the smart ones. Not like these other ones that want to hang out in the social safety net hammock. Once again, they show their racism because that whole thing, that whole trope that black people vote Democratic because uh, because Democrats give them things. They give them free things, free stuff. That's the same old racist argument that the the racists, the conservative racists of, of the South used to keep black people as in, in bondage, in slavery. They needed to be taught the dignity of work, you see. Otherwise, look, if you give them things, they'd be, they, they don't want to work. They'll just lay around. Lazy. We, we're, we're doing for them is we're actually civilizing them. We're helping them. It's the same, it's, it's just an updated version of that old racist trope. Well, go, well, Democrats, they just give black people free stuff, welfare. Not to mention, let's not, let's not forget that as a percentage, white people partake in the social safety net at a higher percentage of the population. So not just by percentage of not not by uh, you know not to say that there are more white people you know what I mean but as a percentage of their uh, the amount of people on welfare white people have brown people beat so but don't let the truth get in the way of a good old racist trope that's for sure so that's why I really irritates me and and i hope that you guys when someone on your facebook pages or whatever harasses you about that social safety net or free stuff bullshit remind them what a racist ass trope that is and it's also what does that say you what do you think about your fellow americans there's nobody lounging in a social safety net more than donald trump more than all of his ilk more than all those in the elite that decry the social safety net. They love it. They want the social safety net all for themselves. That's the social... What is this? What's going on right now? Giving money to the for-profit health insurance or any, or, or any private company to keep people on which I'm not decrying good. I'm glad that people are going to be able to get their paychecks, but ultimately it's going to it's private companies. That's socialism. I thought they hated socialism. Only except, except socialism works because we are in this together. And if a deadly pandemic doesn't show you that, then I don't know what does. We're in this together. The United States, that's why the founders pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other. That's, what the hell is that? Besides, that's socialism. To each other? Not to so one of us at the top. We pledge our lives, fortunes, and, and uh, our back-breaking labor to the, to the king. No, this is the antidote to that. But 
hey, don't let reality get in the way of your of your ideology, Republicans or conservatives. Now they all want they all want socialism. Why don't they say it? Bernie was right. If Bernie had his way, if we and those who follow Bernie, as far as his policies are concerned, we wouldn't have to, we wouldn't be in this boat, first of all. People wouldn't have to be, there wouldn't have to be emergency bills passed. We'd already have the, the whole structure in place to go to a doctor when you're sick, to take a day off, to get the goddamn test that you need. Because the greed and profit of a few of us wouldn't be the paramount value. It would be the health and wealth of, and the security of the people. For God's sakes. Okay, I'm sorry. I keep getting distracted on this. Oh, man, I'm looking at the... Thank you, Greg, another super chat. Super chats are highly appreciated, as are patrons. All right, where was I? One, only one thing matters to the oligarchs. It's not democracy. It is not truth. It is not the consent of the governed. It is not income inequality. It is not the surveillance state. It is not endless war. It is not jobs. It is not the climate. It is the primacy of corporate power, which has extinguished our democracy and left most of the working class in misery, and the continued increase of cons and consolidation of their wealth. It is impossible working within the system to shatter the, the, the hegemony of oligarchic power or institute meaningful reform. Real change will only come by sustained acts of civil disobedience and the mass and mass mobilization, as with the Yellow Vest movement in France and the British-based Extinction Rebellion. The longer we are fooled by the electoral <laughs> burlesque, the more disempowered we will become. It's, I like that, electoral burlesque. Right, because I often speak of the same thing, the pantomime of democracy going through the, that pantomime uh, as if we have real power. I was on the streets with protesters in Philadelphia outside the appropriately named Wells Fargo Center during the 2016 Democratic Convention when hundreds of Sanders delegates walked out of the hall. Show me what democracy looks like, they chanted, holding Bernie signs above their heads as they poured out of the exit. This is what democracy looks like. Sanders' greatest tactical mistake was not joining them. He bowed before the mighty altar of the corporate state. He had desperately tried to stave off revolt by his supporters and delegates on the eve of the convention by sending out repeated messages in his name, most of them authored by members of the Clinton campaign, to be respectful, not disrupt the nominating process, and support Clinton. Sanders was a dutiful sheepdog, attempting to herd the disgruntled supporters into the embrace of the Clinton campaign. At his moment of apostasy, apostasy, did I say that right? Apostasy? Let me see. Hold on. Yes, I did. Apostasy. I just can't say it. Apostasy. When he introduced a motion to nominate Clinton, his delegates had left hundreds of conven convention seats empty. 
After the 2016 convention, Sanders held rallies, the crowds pitifully small compared to what he had drawn as he ran as an insurgent on Clinton's behalf. He returned to the Senate to loyally line up behind Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, whose power comes from his ability to funnel tens of millions of dollars in corporate and Wall Street money to anointed Democratic candidates. Sanders refused to support the lawsuit brought against the Democratic National Committee for rigging the primaries against him. He endorsed Democratic candidates who espoused the neoliberal economic and political positions he claims to oppose. Sanders, who calls himself an independent, caucused as a Democrat. The Democratic Party determined his assignments in the Senate. Schumer offered to make Sanders the head of the Senate Budget Committee if the Democrats won control of the Senate. Sanders can, became a party apparatchik. Sanders apparently believed that if he was obsequious enough to the Democratic Party elite, they would give him a chance in 2020, a chance they denied him in 2016. Politics, I suspect he would argue, is about compromise and the practical. This is true, but playing politics in a system that is not democratic is about being complicit in the charade. Sanders misread the Democratic Party leadership, swamp creatures, and the corporate state. He misread the Democratic Party, which is a corporate mirage. Its base can, at best, select pre-approved candidates and, op and act as props at rallies and in choreographed party conventions. The Democratic Party voters have zero influence on the party politics or, poly or party policy. Sanders' naivete and perhaps his lack of political courage drove away his most committed young supporters. These followers have not forgiven him for his betrayal. They chose not to turn out for him in the numbers he needs in the primaries. They are right. He is wrong. We need to over overthrow the system, not placate it. Sanders is wounded. The oligarchs will go in for the kill. They suspect him to the same character. They will, sorry, they, they will subject him to the same character assassination aided by the courtiers in corporate press that was directed at Henry Wallace in 1948 and George McGovern in 1972. The only two progressive presidential candidates who managed to seriously threaten the ruling elites since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The feckless liberal class, easily frightened, is already abandoning Sanders, castigating his supporters with the nauseating self-righteousness and, Bi and championing Biden as a political savior. Okay, which makes me want to vomit and uh, whatever, you know. Trump and Biden are repugnant figures, doddering into old age with cognitive lapses and no moral cores. Is Trump more dangerous than Biden? Yes. Is Trump more inept and more dishonest? Yes. Is Trump more of a threat to the open society? Yes. Is Biden the solution? No. Biden represents the old neoliberal order. He personifies the betrayal of the Democratic Party of working men and women that sparked the deep hatred of the ruling elites across the political spectrum. He is a gift to a demagogue and carn artist like Trump, who at least understands that these, elite, that these elites are detested. 
Biden cannot uh, plausibly offer change. He can only offer more of the same. And And most Americans do not want more of the same. The country's largest voting age block, the 100 million plus citizens who out of apathy or disgust do not vote, will once again stay home. The demoralization of the electorate is by design. Uh, it will, I expect, give Trump another term in office. This is what we've been saying forever. You and I on this podcast, I hate to say it. I have been warning about it. I warned when it looked like Biden was, his campaign was gone. His, his campaign was fizzled out. There's absolutely no enthusiasm for him. And, but we've been warning it. For, and for a brief minute there, we actually thought that Bernie might win, and he might. I don't know. Let's see what happens tomorrow at the, at the debate. I want, I honestly, I've been praying, I hope that Biden has a horrible debate. That's what we can hope for. And he shows himself for who he is. Not because I'm not going to vote for a Democrat. Yeah, I will. I will vote Democratic like, like uh, Chris Hedges says. Is it better? Yes. But this is my fear, exactly as he puts it here. He set the ground for a Twitler. It is Biden's neoliberal policies that made Twitler possible. And we've been saying this on the show forever that if biden wins and even i do hope he does because if he is the nominee i hope i really believe we have a better chance with bernie but if he's the nominee i hope he wins because when you're in a hole you stop digging at least we can stop digging for a minute and really work to push i mean i don't know i I, when i'm saying it i i see myself almost like like that Don Quixote character that we talked about in another show how am I is this tilting at windmills to say uh, we can change the Democratic Party from the inside what Chris Hedges is saying in this article is no you can't it is irredeemable I have hope my wish I guess maybe I'm naive is to get rid of these the corporate owned democratic candidates and and the party elites i mean maybe maybe not in my lifetime but yeah like like um chris hedges is saying in this article sanders is wounded and the oligarchs will go in for the kill and I guess he's right when he says that maybe maybe Bernie thought that if he was deferential to them that they would that they would treat him better that they would go along with him and the changes that we need it's not about it's really not about Bernie and if um as it as we can point to as evidence after when um, Bernie was, um, as Chris Hedges is explaining in this article, when Bernie campaigned for Hillary after he endorsed her, that he didn't attract the same crowds. There's, there was none of the passion there. And people did 
feel that Sanders had sold out. And maybe maybe Chris Hedges is right. Maybe he should have walked out. That's the only power we really have. How many times have we hit ourselves against the wall, our heads against the wall and um, expect it to cure our headaches? Do you know what I mean? That's like, it says that because I'm in recovery. Those who are in recovery can know that in one of our books, our recovering literature, it says it's like hitting your head against, what is it? Like hitting your head, hitting yourself in the head with a hammer, expecting it to cure your headache. Doing the same thing over and over again. Obviously, the party elites don't, really want to change. They like their cushy jobs. They don't really see what we see. We're living on the, we're living in the aftermath of Reaganomics. We're living in the consequences of the neoliberal policies. Twitler is, he is a result of those neoliberal policies. And what's really concerning is Biden is Obviously, he's not just lost a step or two. He's never been on the side of truth, justice in the American way. Never. He is a political insider who will say anything, including manipulate and lie about the story of the death of his wife and child to, to pull heartstrings. He, he made up the story that his wife and children were, and child was, were killed by a drunk driver, disparaging the poor guy who died in the same accident. That his, what happened was, we talked about this on the other show, but on the, on the, um, on the Thursday show, but think about how, what, how much of, um, how, what are your standards if you, think that that's okay. It's horrible that your wife and your child died. Of course it's horrible. That's not, that's not uh, emotionally palatable enough for the people who vote for you. You need to manipulate it a little more. Throw in that extra layer of good guy versus bad guy. A bad thing happened to a good person. What happened was, according to the police report, I'll repeat it again for those who missed the other show, was that um, Biden's wife went into an on, the oncoming traffic. She ran a stop sign or, or, or a red light. It's one of them. She, it was clearly, she wasn't, um, the, everybody knows, she wasn't hit by a drunk driver. The person who died in the accident, the man who... Biden for for how many decades was going around saying that this guy was a drunk driver, that he drank his lunch. That is a complete and utter lie. And the family of that poor man who died, they had to grieve their father. And there's Joe Biden making up a story saying he's a drunk and that he was at fault when the police report says that Biden's wife went into oncoming traffic after running, uh, violating the the rules of the road. So, but that's not good enough. You got to pull some heartstrings. It should be good enough. The truth should be 
good enough. But what's the difference between between that and the things that Twitter says and does to lie? To to pump up his resume, to make himself bigger than what he seems. Of course, in this cartoonish political atmosphere, everything it's a it's good versus evil. So if somebody got, died in a terrible accident, some evil person must have done it. And Biden, he's, uh, of course he's grieving. We all have grief, but that, make, that really just pisses me off, frankly. It's so, it says it all. And could you imagine, let's play that game again. What if, what if Bernie had done something like that, if it came out that he had made up a, a, a lie to make himself more sympathetic somehow, as if losing your wife and child aren't sympathetic enough, regardless of who's at fault. But this is where we live. Oh, my God. Thank you, Greg. My favorite number for my favorite podcaster, 22. T-Buster. All right. Hawtai. I hope you keep coming back. What else? Stephen Lee, you're amazing. Another super chat. Haiku. Yo-yo. Game over. Thank you all. All right. Let me just keep going on this. I'm looking at the time. We will take a break because I have to get some more tea. Well, it's actually coffee, but I'm going to get tea. I didn't want to say, okay, nobody cares about that. I just thought uh, easier to say coffee. I don't mean to bore you with the particulars. All right. Biden, Biden represents the neoliberal order. He personifies the betrayal of the Democratic Party of working men and women that sparked the deep hatred of the ruling elites across the political spectrum. He is a gift to the demagogue and con artists like Trump, who at least understands that these elites are detested. Biden cannot plausibly offer change. He can only offer more of the same. And more Americans do not want more of the same. The country's largest voting bloc, the 100 million-plus citizens who, out of apathy or disgust, did not vote, will once again stay home. The, the demoralization of the electorate is by design. I will, I expect, it will, I expect, give Trump a second term in office. By voting for Biden, you endorse the humiliation of courageous women such as Anita Hill, who confronted their abusers. You vote for the architects of the endless wars in the Middle East. You vote for the apartheid state in Israel. You vote for wholesale surveillance of the public by government intelligence agencies and the, and the abolition of due process and habeas corpus. You vote for austerity programs, including the destruction of the welfare and uh, destruction of welfare and cuts to social security. You vote for NAFTA, free trade deals, deindustrialization, a decline in wages, the loss of hundreds of thousands of manufacturing jobs, and the offshoring of jobs to unpaid workers who toll underpaid workers who toil in sweatshops in China or Vietnam. You vote for the assault on public education and, you, and the transfer of federal funds for, to for-profit and Christian charter schools. 
you vote for the doubling of our prison population, the tripling and quadrupling of sentences and huge expansion of crimes meriting the death penalty. You vote for militarized police who gun down poor people of color with impunity. You vote against the Green New Deal and immigration reform. You vote for limiting a woman's right to abortion and reproductive rights. You vote for a segregated public school system in which wealthy, the wealthy receive educational opportunities and poor people of color are denied a chance. You vote for punitive levels of student debt and the inability to free yourself of debt obligations through bankruptcy. You vote for deregulating the banking industry and, abolish, and the abolition of Glass-Steagall. You vote for the for-profit insurance and pharmaceutical companies against universal health care. You vote for bloated defense budgets and vote for the use of unlimited oligarchic and corporate money to buy elections. You vote for a politician who during a time in the Senate, in the, who during his time in the Senate abjectly served the interests of MBNA, the largest independent credit card company headquartered in Delaware, which also employed Biden, Biden's son, Hunter. Just wait. This is why he is the weaker candidate. So don't write me, please, and tell me that I'm doing the work of Twitler getting him elected. Write the DNC. They're the ones pushing this doddering old dotard on us in spite of the fact that he is the weaker candidate. Why? They're doing it for the same reason Mitch McConnell is now called the grave digger of American democracy by, by historian Christopher Browning. Uh, by World War II historian Christopher Browning. He does it. They're the same. They're in the same, the, the pockets of the private corporations that fund their campaigns, that fund their entire, the entire reason they're in government. If Joe Biden was in government to make the American working class his priority, then he wouldn't be labeled the senator from MBNA. He wouldn't have voted for the bankruptcy bill. He wouldn't be, uh, 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 I mean, he, the reason, okay, I'm babbling right now. I just, I'm trying to get my words. The reason Obama picked him was because he was a wink and a nod to the corporate wing of the Democratic Party. His, his, um, he was saying to them, hey, I'm here to play ball with you. I'm not really here for change we can believe in. We're here to keep the party going. And I don't mean the Democratic Party. I mean, we're here to keep the, the party that we've been having. We've been partying up in this bitch like it's 1999. <sighs> there are no substantial political differences between the Democrats and the Republicans. We have only the illusion of participatory democracy. The Democrats and their liberal apologists adopt tolerant positions on issues regarding race, religion, immigration, women's rights, and sexual identity, and pretend this is politics. Isn't that the truth? That's what they're giving us. Not that I, I don't mind. I'm okay. I, because I am gay, it doesn't matter, but if, even if I wasn't, 
of course, you fight for those who, uh, who are lacking human rights. This is why I'm fighting for immigrants, even though I'm native-born. The whole Bernie, us, uh, mean, what is it now? I almost said me, not us. Uh, not me, us. That whole not me, us paradigm shift that we need in this country if the coronavirus doesn't say that's exactly what we need i don't know what does not me us that's for sure we are in this together but this is what the democratic party is is now pretending they're fighting for that's it not real economic Security, not a living living wage and retirement security and union security and worker working class that actually works. But no, no, they're fighting so you can go to the bathroom of your choice. Okay, that's all great, but that's not it. And this is why the right-wingers that Twitler can get the white working class to vote for him because he's the one, like Chris Hedges is saying, who is reviling the elite, albeit uh, it's nothing but a con. He's conning the, the dumbasses who cheer him. He th- they really think we're leaving no one behind. That's what he talks about, the forgotten man and woman. But all of these things that I wrote, that I'm reading here, that Chris Hedges wrote, is exactly the, the reasons why Joe Biden will lose. He's the weaker candidate. Like, I don't want a repeat of 2016. I don't want to have to deal with it. Do you want to wake up the day after Election Day again like you woke up in 2016? Like realizing how stupid and racist this country is? how horrible it is, and, and because you're not a dumbass and you understand history, I'm sure, like you, like me, we all looked around and was like, of course, only in a system that isn't working for the majority of people can an autocrat rise and take hold. It's the way it always happens. This is why we study history. It's not like, you know, this hasn't happened before. In a functioning system that works for all, a, an autocrat, a dumbass especially, like, like Trump, riding in this so-called populist wave, pretending to be fighting for you, the, the people would see him for the fraud that he is. Because they're too, they're too busy being happy and productive, not having to scrape and struggle, not having to work their three uniquely American low-paying jobs to not have the same retirement security uh, as the boomers who are voting for Biden. They, they would look at him like the clown that he is. Not like the savior who... At least we could shake things up. If things are working, if the government is working for the people, if, it's, if the representatives are truly representing the people, you don't want to throw a Molotov cocktail into the gears and say, I'm going to shake things up. Because that's another thing that people said who voted for Trump. 
we need to shake things up. Yeah, by taking a big dump. You know, like when you want to shake things up. When you're at your whatever. Any, any, and you're, you go to someone's wedding. You want to shake things up. Take a big shit in the middle of the room. You can shake things up. That's what they did. They took a real... They went to the halls of power and they took a gigantic dump to shake it up. A gigantic orange dump. That's only because of everything we talk about on the show. Because the American working class is now... The, the working poor is what they, what, what they call the middle class. We keep hearing in the, the, the elites, the political class, they talk about the donor class, and then they talk about the work, they, they don't talk about the working class, they talk about the middle class, because we're all supposed to be confused. Now, if you ask, and many of us are confused, because if you ask people who work for a living, are you in the middle class, they'll say yes. Most of them will say yes. Meanwhile... The real, the middle class, we know, is now below 50% of the population for the first time since the first Gilded Age. So we're in big trouble. And Trump is that sign, that red sign beating, that blinking sign, warning sign, warning, warning, warning. And to have Joe Biden get up there and say, Trump is the aberration, that it's not the Republicans, it's not the system. And it pisses me off, too, when you have um, Barack Obama saying the same thing. Oh, the American people don't want a revolution. Really? That's because if they don't want a revolution, then they haven't been paying attention. Then they're living in the policies that FDR's revolution made possible. And they're not... You know, they don't feel the sting of the lash of the policies. But they will. Eventually, we, we all, because we're feeling it. And that's what they did to Trump. They threw Trump in there. That's the only thing they could do. Obviously, nobody's listening. So, they threw here. Here, take this big, giant, disgusting con man. So, how's everybody doing? We're almost done with this article. Maybe I'll maybe I won't take a break. I'm looking at the time, so we're running out of time again. My God. Oh my God. Should I stay, or should I go? If I get a super chat, I'll stay. <laughs> That's what Haiku. Blame Haiku. That's what he told me to do. Get a super chat. If you don't want to take a break. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not going to take a break. Super chat or not. Okay. There are no substantial political differences between the Democrats and the Republicans. We only have the illusion of participatory democracy. The Democrats and their liberal apologists adopt tolerant positions on issues regarding race, religion, immigration, women's rights, and sexual identity, and pretend this is politics. 
The right wing uses those on the margins of society as scapegoats. The culture wars mask the reality. Both parties are full partners in the recog configuration of American society into a form of neo-feudalism. Hello. That's what we've been saying. How many times we've been saying this? Neo-feudalism. It's like a corporate neo-feudalism. It's not exactly the same. It's neat, but it is. You go and you find a lord to serve who bestows benefits on you. And maybe you could, you could serve your lord until you retire. And then the, the, your lord gives you some benefits. Or if not, you got to get your gig economy jobs going. That's those lords. You, it, you, then you could get your, um, what do you call it? You, you'll get health insurance from your lord, uh, re, uh, 401k. You can participate in your lord's 401k. But if you, if you lose your lord for whatever reason, then, oh, well, find another lord. Get your benefits from your lord. This is the way it was. In that system, the founders rebelled against you are, uh, you're in debt to your Lord. But it's a new, it's a neo-feudal system. And of course, what happened? The main, the, the hub of government, the king and, or the queen, that's uh, all the lords get their, get all their power from their, their loyalty to the king or the queen. And, you can't, you're nothing. That's why you got the church there to show, to tell you, don't rise up against your Lord because you're going to have a mansion in heaven. Everything is going to work out when you're dead. In the meantime, just get to work and you know, that's it. If you can't, if you can't get to work, get a Lord, find a Lord. If you can't find the Lord, get a gig and keep praying and in the meantime, the corporations and the, the hub, the power, the king, where you get all your power, they're, they're not working for you. They're working for each other to prop up this broken system. As you see what's going on, what happened? The king steps in and the, bails out the companies, the private companies. Here, give the... Give the plebs, give the peons some, uh, give them their health, their test, whatever. Make, make it free this time because it's too unseemly not to. Here's some money. We got enough money for the private, to prop up the private broken ass system, but not the people. Don't get the people pissed off too much. Let them, they're stupid. Just leave them. Let them f fight amongst each other about peepees and bathrooms. What peepees in a bathroom? Throw them some bullshit that they can that that'll keep them distracted. They could chew on. Like I throw my cat a little ball of yarn. Throw them something. Throw them like a peepee. Throw them a gay rights or uh, some abortion bill or something. Ah. <sighs> Yes, both parties are full partners in the reconfiguration of American society into a form of neo-feudalism. It only depends on how you want to dress it up. By fostering an illusion among the powerless classes that it can make their interests a priority, the Democratic Party pacifies 
and thereby defines the style of an opposition party in an inverted totalitarian system. Political philosopher Sheldon Wolin writes, The Democrats will once again offer up the least worst alternative, while in fact doing little or nothing to thwart the march towards corporate totalitarianism. What the public wants and deserves will again be ignored for what the corporate lobbyists demand. If we do not respond soon to the social and economic catastrophe that has been visited upon, visited on most of the population, we will be unable to thwart the rise of corporate tyranny and a Christian fascism. We need to reintegrate those who have pushed, who have been pu- pushed aside and back into, back into society to heal the ruptured social bonds, to give workers dignity, empowerment, and protection. We need a universal health care system, especially as we barrel to- towards a global pandemic. We need programs that provide employment with sustainable wages, job protections, and pensions. We need quality public education for all Americans. We need to rebuild our infrastructure and end the squandering of our resources on war. We need to halt corporate pillage and regulate and re-regulate Wall Street and corporations. We need to respond with radical and immediate measures to curb carbon emissions and save ourselves from ecocide and extinction. We don't need a Punch and Judy show between Trump and Biden, but that's what we'll get. Well, I said that, not him. But that, along with, the, with corporate tyranny, is what we seem fated to get unless we take to the streets and tear the house down. And that's Chris Hedges. Of course, yeah, it's the truth. People need to get in the streets, but the way everything is, the, the, the government has kind of set it up, you're, you're too afraid to get into the streets. That's why conservatives don't like democracy. It's too chaotic. Like in the 60s, where we had a functioning working class, and middle class, I mean, that where, where you can go to college, where you can get a job, where you didn't have to work your Ubers on the side, you know what I mean? You, you, we had a middle class that got much too uppity, for the elites that's they like they couldn't take it that kind of system is chaos to them the middle class in that society says f you we're not going to your war we want the end of war it stands up to the powerful elites it puts its bodies on the line here in the united states of serfs and lords what do we do nothing we don't do anything. We take a mar- we go march. We'll march in a women's march. A feckless little display of impotence. That's what it is. Sponsored by your favorite corporate uh, by, by your ch- a corporate entity. Earth Day sponsored by Coca-Cola. Women's march sponsored by whoever. We'll wear pink scarves. To show, we'll, we'll drink out of our resist cups. What are we resisting? If we're not willing to, to actually resist. 
my fellow Democrats, that they're going to anoint Joe Biden when we have a candidate who speaks truth to power, who shows us, who says, I'm, I'm in this bitch. I see what's going on. It's broken. It's not working for us, but Chris Hedges is right. He's trying to reform this from the inside, and Chris Hedges, I guess, he's saying it's not working. They're not playing nice with you, Bernie. They hate you anyway, Bernie. They pretend. And then I even on the Twitter, I see people on Twitter attacking Bernie. Oh, I hate him. Really? But he's the one who, thanks to him, some people actually have $15 minimum wage. That was two pie in the sky two, two years ago. It's because of Bernie we are actually having a conversation about Medicare for All and the role of government in our lives. Is it to make the rich richer? Or does, does government exist? So to, to actualize our founding principles like e pluribus unum. Are we in this together? Are we pledging our lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other? For, is that just nothing for show? Or is that for real? Pledge your life, fortune, and sacred honor. That's it. That sums it up. How can we say that we are truly patriotic if we allow a corrupt system that works for the rich and nobody else, if we allow that system to stand? If we, now in this pandemic, we see how broken it is. How, how, it's not just Trump. Yeah, Trump sucks. Yeah, he's worried about the numbers. Yeah, he's a fraud. Like all Republicans, all they have are branding exercises. How can they twist it? How can they make the dupes think that we're on their side? Of course, that's his entire gig. But what about the Democrats? Where's Pete Buttigieg? Is he, is he finally disavowing Medicare for all who want it? In the face of this deadly pandemic? Because unfortunately, that's how it works. It's not a deadly pandemic for those who want it. It's you get it whether you want it or not. Like sickness. Like one day you're healthy and the next day you're not. Everybody's one catastrophic diagnosis away from bankruptcy. Or the GoFundMe page. He's okay with that. I'm okay with... Uh, I think that you, your family knows what to choose. Yeah, you do? Did your family know the deadly pandemic was coming? So you got to choose which private corporation could deny you care? Disgusting. And, and, he, and this is what I'm talking about. But Joe Biden, I mean, come on. Really? Joe Biden. All of a sudden, he's, he's so progressive. I almost spit out my coffee the other day. A Joe Biden surrogate on MSNBC said, Joe Biden's the most progressive candidate in this race. I almost choked. He will be the most progressive president we ever had. Really? I, I, from your fucking mouth to God's ear. 
please. If that's the case, the most progressive, okay, I hope so. But if that's the case, if, if this is how he's presenting himself, regardless of whether it's a ruse, that's how he's presenting it. Think about that. Thank you, Bernie. That's Bernie. That's the not me, us revolution pushing these mother effers. But of course it's for show because right after Joe announced his candidacy, what did he do? He ran to the home of corporate lobbyists, health insurance lobbyists, the same lobbyists that prop up Paul Ryan and John Boner. That tells you all you need to know. And then Biden also says, oh, it's not the Republicans, but Republicans don't need to change. It's just Trump. Nothing wrong with Republicans. Really? Well, there you go. Well, what can you say? They're all in the same, in the same gym. They hang out in the same uh, Senate sauna, back slap, slapping and glad handing. They're all in bed with the same corporations. If you could take money from Paul Ryan's super PAC without, without considering yourself a hypocrite and then going and calling yourself the most progressive... Please. But who's stupid? Is it us or them? It's the same scam that keeps working. And, oh, rise. Biden's amazing rise back from the dead. No need to dance in the end zone yet, my friends, because there's a little problem with the whole election and celebrating right now if Joe Biden is the nominee. Unfortunately, not only Democrats get to vote in the general election. There's a whole lot of other people who get to vote. So it's not just the Democratic Party elite. It's also the independents who get to vote. And guess what? Bernie gets that crowd. Bernie is the choice of the independents, even the moderate ones. But don't, don't blame me. I try to stave off this, the result of the 2016 election, too. Crying into the, into the ethosphere here. And people say, oh, no. At least the other thing that's the worst with, this can, with Joe Biden, if they continue to push him on us, is that... He's not even a woman. You know what I mean? At least voting for Hillary, you had that added little added excitement of being able to vote for the first woman president. Now, we, what do we got? We got nothing. We got another corporate doltard who, like two, two crazy old men. One calls voters fat and the other... Calls voters fat, and not—I mean, what is the effing difference? Oh my God! I know. I I promised myself I wouldn't just—it just happens. It just happens that I go into it again. (laughs) Come up here, Junior. People want to see you. 
Tara Jr. in the house. Tara Jr. in the house. Say hello. Hello. Say hello. <laughs> yes, two old doltards. It's the doltard democracy. What time is it? Okay. Anyway, let's talk about how disgusting everybody is. Oh, here's something I thought was annoying. This is a, a Morning Joe promo. And you need brutal honesty. Americans need the facts, Mr. President. When you need answers first thing in the morning. Is there a moment where you all get together and say, we've just got to shut things down for a while? When you need to go deep. Into Obviously, I made a mistake on that. God damn it. I captured the whole screen instead of just the promo. Let's forget that promo. This is a Tara Buster shit show going on right now. I was trying to show you this. Oh, that's so annoying. Well, here's, let's just talk about, um, let's see. Well, we saw, here's something. Hmm, I took so many videos in my preparation let's see okay here's this bitch because the the right wing are they're not really sure how to treat the coronavirus so they are calling it a scam and a and then a and a and a hoax this woman, Trish Reagan from Fox Business, she's, she put together a montage. I, and now she's off the air temporarily because of this exact piece of video. Chorus of hate being leveled at the president is nearing a crescendo as Democrats blame him and only him for a virus that originated halfway around the world. What the fuck does that matter? This is, they're so stupid, these effing Republicans. That's the, the level of their racism. A virus that, a, that came from halfway around the world. So what? We're in this together. It doesn't matter when people are dying, whether the virus came from China or not. Anything to cover the ass of the doltard, of, of doltard, the Republican doltard. This is yet another attempt to impeach the president. And sadly, it seems they care very little for any of the destruction they are leaving in their wake. <laughs> what a folk, like a faux concern. Oh, so sad that they care about little about the destruction they're leaving in their wake. Never mind, these are the same people that prop up an economy that works for none but themselves. Forget the destruction of that. Forget the destruction of less than 50% of the population being in the work, in the middle class. No, it's the poor little victim at the top. Everyone's so mean to him. So unfair. 
losses in the stock market. All this, unfortunately, just what is with the fucking stock market for any of the destruction they are leaving in their wake. Losses in the stock market. All this, unfortunately. Wow. Oh, the humanity, the losses in the stock market. Forget not being able to retire. The someone's balance sheet will have one less zero on it because of the truth getting out about the coronavirus and Twitler's ineptitude. Because he doesn't like the number. He likes the numbers where they are. The more people you test, the more people get tested positive for the virus, having the virus. For, don't worry about a pandemic infecting each other. It's just If you're going to die, do it on the down low, quietly. Don't make the, the dim leader look bad. And the poor, poor stock market, the poor, poor rich, what are they going to do without another zero on their bank account that they will never spend this lifetime, that they'll give to their undeserving heirs? It's not about your health or whether you get the health care that you need or whether you get to take a sick day instead of going out and driving your Uber. This poor, poor stock market. There's nothing more vile, too, than these right-wingers who watch Fox News repeating the same shit. Hey, how's your stock market? How's your 401k? Well, considering 401ks are all bullshit anyway, not so great. Considering that the first 401k generation retires, is retiring, and it's not pretty, that they have to rely on government assistance, that they don't have enough that to keep them to keep them afloat until the end of their lives like guarantee oh god damn it Tara Jr. just pull my fuck son of a bitch Tara Jr. he just pulled the headset out and the mic I'll have to beat him later no I would never I'm only kidding this show has just been that kind of show. It's been a shit show tonight. Pulling out mics and everything. Okay, let's just keep playing this. Just part of the political casualties for them. You know, this is a time to be united, not oh, to yes. be pointing fingers. Never more time to be united than when it looks bad for the doltard in chief. You stop politicizing things. It's not the time for politics. No, sweetie, there's always time. Everything is politics. You notice how not, it's not the time for politics when everyone's looking at him like, what is wrong with this doltard? When even some of the dum-dums who voted for him are like, um, maybe he's not doing a great job making America great. If only, please, this is what I pray. I wish that only the Republicans... And the right-wingers and the fascists, the morons, the corporatists, that they were the ones that felt the results, the, the consequences of their policies. Unfortunately, it's nice people, too. 
It's normal people, too. Innocent, decent people have to live in the consequences and have to struggle with the, the society that these effing bastards make possible. I mean, look at this woman. Look at her hair, her makeup. The whole apparatus that's in place to keep her on the air, to prop her up, her platform. And look at me, sitting here in my own apartment with a cat pulling out a microphone. This is what we're up against. They get it all. They have all the, the power. And we're sitting here trying to compete, trying to make something, trying to make this country actually great. And you know how you make it great? Not by putting everyone in their place or ensuring that the rich get richer and white men are at the catbird seat of power like it was in Madman time when it was great. No, that the rich actually pay their fair share, that we have progressive taxation so that the rich don't get so rich that they challenge government, that they can buy government, that we actually have campaign finance laws in place that or even how about getting money out of politics so we have a government that works for all so when we get a deadly pandemic that when a pandemic happens as it is want to do it will happen again that we're prepared and it's not that we have to cut suck ass on some private insurance company that stands in our doctor's office to bankrupt us and deny care that kills us that we have a government that isn't just for the one percent i mean if nothing is, is illustrates more what we're up against than this picture right here this woman with her makeup she's quaffed within an inch of her life Compared to us, me, sitting here, trying. They got it all. They got the microphones, the platform. That Her message will get out. The message of poor, poor Donald Trump. These poor, poor, this virus is, is it must be uh, Obama's virus. Well, of course he blames Obama, too. What am I talking about? That's what he actually is doing, blaming Obama. Even though Twitler's the one that dismantled the office to, that handles pandemics. It's a disgrace. I know that's one of Twitler's favorite words. Not to be encouraging hate. And oh, I'm sorry. You're, you're encouraging hate. What are you talking about? It's a disgrace. The result, what we're looking at, that's a disgrace, not me, her. And the policies, the weak-ass, capitalist, kiss-up, kick-down, I got mine, sucks to be you, Medicare for all who want it, or Medicare for none, health care for some, days off for some, vacation for some, sick leave for some. That doesn't work. We're the only country that has no guaranteed sick leave. We're the only country that doesn't have Medicare or health care as a right. 
where people have to count out their pennies and say, can I afford this copay? Well, you gotta go on GoFundMe. And she's just crying how unfair it is how the media, how the Democrats are treating her Lord and Savior, Donald J. Trump. The J is for genius, as Bob Kincaid says. How they're tri- how is just treating him so unfair. Now, no, you want to know somebody, tell me, show me what their priorities are. Show me what gets them out of bed in the morning. What makes them angry. She's angry. She's poor Trish Reagan. Poor, poor, poor girl. So passionately defending a tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying con man who received fewer votes. So unfair to treat him so unfairly by telling the truth about how, sh- how unfit he is to hold a drunken, to lead a drunken conga line in New Jersey Shore, much less lead a modern nation. Could you imagine? Believe it. When I think about it, when I think that our president is Donald Trump, a moron, a person who can't spell, a person who says, I don't know what this picture means, but I sure like it, tweeting out a picture of himself fiddling while, like, Nero when Rome burned. Oh, God. You know, this is a time to be united. United? It's a time to be united? Well, why do you keep dividing us? Why do you keep talking about leaving people behind? Why Why are you dividing us all the time? If it was a time to be united, then why do you advocate for policies that make the rich richer and the working class the working poor? And divide us. Why do you send your dumbass morons into pizzerias to uncover a pedophile ring? Why aren't you telling people, uh, instead of uh, making them afraid of caravans, why aren't you encouraging them not to be racist ignoramuses? This isn't a time to be divided. When is the time to be divided? as the United States. You can't do enough to divide us fast enough, Trish. Because you gotta have it all. That's the irony here, because we're, you and I, we're, we're just working, we're just trying to make a more equitable union, a more perfect union, by making, uh, making it known uh, that we're in this together. We're all in this together. Even you, Trish. With the lowest worker to the highest. To the CEO. Everyone has value. Not just you, Trish. And guess what, Trish? You'd still be rich. Even if we had f- progressive taxation. Even if you're... D- undeserving heirs had to pay an estate tax. They'd still be rich. But we might have a democracy. 
that's the trade-off. We might still have a democracy. We might be able to have a decent middle-class life for all. People wouldn't have to sign up to serve in the military to get health care or go to college. That's not the sign of success. Oh, God damn, I hate these people. Fingers, not to be encouraging hate, and yet what do we see? We see the absolute opposite hate. from... What the hell is she talking about? Encouraging hate? She's not talking about encouraging hate against those who don't have any political power or uh, transgendered people or those who have been incarcerated or uh, illegally incarcerated. Although, you know, the people in prison, we have more people in prison than they have in communist China. And she's not talking about that. She's talking about Twitler. What do we see? We see the absolute opposite from the left tonight. This is the time to be united. United. Not to be pointing fingers, not to be encouraging hate. And yet, what do we see? We encouraging hate? The entire reason Fox exists is to encourage hate. The Republican Party can't win. Conservatives can't win. Let me clap clarify that conservatives cannot win without hate they need a divided country they need the working class divided against each other why is everything blurry again see twin see junior i mean i almost called him twitler you're not twitler you're good the absolute opposite from the left tonight. Good Look evening, everyone. I am Trish Regan. The hate is boiling over. Many in the liberal media. <laughs> what is she? Look at her. The hate is boiling over. Using, and I mean using, coronavirus in an attempt to demonize and destroy the president. I don't think the president is capable of telling us the truth about the coronavirus. They have no plan. They have no plan. The virus is going to kill Americans regardless of their stupidity. This administration right now looks like they can organize a one-car parade. He is not going to be able to have his rallies, and it is going to psychologically torment him. The president should... Yeah, so what? What's... Tell me. Tell me where they are wrong. Or else he should get out of the way. Stay on the golf course. This may be Donald Trump's Katrina. Yeah. This is an event that could take down a president. There's no confidence in the president in anything he says or does. I wish he would just be quiet. I see. <laughs> this is impeachment all over again. And like with the Mueller investigation, like with Ukraine Gate. Oh my God. Oh my God. Look at her. Look at her. Like with the investigation. Like with Ukraine. Holy shit. Why don't you get as animated about the all the statistics we talk about? That about the one-third of the American people who can't retire. How about all of those who have to go to GoFundMe for medical care? How about all those who are sick but have to go and drive their Ubers so they can spread the coronavirus? Because if they don't get get into their Ubers and drive, they don't get paid. How about that? How about this is the only country without a paid sick leave or paid mater or maternity or child care? You s sons of bitches, Trish Reagan.
Look at her. Be their need to create mass hysteria to encourage a market sell-off. It's a market sell-off because you suck, Trish. You and Twitler and the Republicans. The reality is the emperor has no clothes. This is a case in point of the apparatus that surrounds Twitler to keep him propped up and all the dumbasses voting for their own demise. All right, Junior, come on, kid. Show's not over yet. Now he's going into my shirt. Great. <laughs> I, can Anything you come we've out seen recently, shirt, or whether it be to create mass hysteria in order to stop our economy dead in its tracks, don't kid yourself. They told us how much they crave a recession as a way to get rid of Donald Trump. I love how animated peace. she is. <laughs> tracks, don't kid yourself. They told us how much they crave a recession as a way to get rid of Donald Trump. Wow. I wonder if Trish ever got that animated at income inequality, upward immobility. This is what we're up against. Trish. So apparently Fox Business benches Trish Regan after outcry over coronavirus comments. The host of Trish Regan Prime Time. Why her? Of all the people on earth, they got to give Trish Regan? She, could you imagine? It's just because she looks like Trish Regan. That's it. If I looked like Trish Regan and I was a mouthpiece for conservatives, for the rich, I'd have a show on Fox News and Fox Business as well. This is how it works, people. The host of Trish Regan Primetime told viewers this week that concerns over the coronavirus were yet another attempt, attempt to impeach the president. Fox Business anchor Trish Regan, whose on-air dismissal of the coronavirus is another attempt to impeach the president, left their cable news network facing a firestorm of criticism, has been removed from her primetime slot for the foreseeable future. Oh, my God, the humanity of it all, or the inhumanity. Miss Regan's APN program, Trish Regan Primetime, is on hiatus until further notice. Don't worry, they'll get another lick spittle of the upper class to get in there quick enough to keep the dupes in line. Fox Business attributed the move to demands of an evolving pandemic crisis coverage, saying it was shifting resources toward daytime coverage of the pandemic and global markets. Both Trish Regan Primetime and its follow-up at 9, Kennedy, who's Kennedy? Uh, obviously another annoying right-winger. Kennedy on Fox, let me see, Fox Business. It's probably as if, oh God. Who is Kennedy? I don't, oh, it's another one of these Barbies. This is where we live, everyone. It's so depressing. I guess they figure if you're going to end up living, if you're living in a country where you can't retire and you have to work your three uniquely American jobs and you can't take a sick day, at least you can look at Trish Regan as she is keeping the rich in their place and making sure you don't get up too uppity. Here, here's a nice... Uh, 
little Barbie doll to look at everyone. Still, the abrupt removal of Miss Regan, a reliably pro-Trump personality. That's putting it mildly. That's a loose definition of personality. That's a person. I guess that's a personality. That's what qualifies as a personality in right-wing circles. The definition of personality, the combination of characteristics or qualities that form an individual distinctive character. But the, what if you have no character? Like Trish Regan. So I would say to, to say it's a personality is certainly being generous, that's for sure. Where is it? Came as a right-wing media stars have faced growing scrutiny for commentary that played down fears about the coronavirus, suggesting that the illness has been overhyped by President Trump's critics. Well, there you go. As I said in the other show, Limbaugh was saying how, oh, it's just the Democrat Party, even though it's Democratic, wants us all to not go to a Trump rally. They, they're stifling a Trump rally. Well, please, Trump Anzies and, and all the Trish Regan fans, I hope you all get together and gather. Do not listen to big government telling you not to uh, get together with people or telling you to wash your hands and keep, your, keep a distance from people and constantly and not touch your face. I want you all to get together on a regular basis, prove us wrong, have your rallies, have your gatherings with Trish Regan, and by all means, touch your face, touch each other's faces. Do, please, show us. Show us what a hoax it is. Guys, I can't believe it's two hours already. I want to thank you all for hanging out. I see another super chat had come in and I wasn't paying attention. Let me see if I can find it. Banter board, thank you. Guys, you are what's keeping me going during these perilous times. So let's try to get together again during the week, probably Tuesday at this point, I would think. And maybe, I don't know. The weekday specials are up in the air, as you know, we don't know. It all depends on my schedule. So uh, if you like the show and want to keep the show going and want the show to expand, please consider becoming a patron. Next time I'll read our patron list again. It's just that the time went by so fast. Guys, you're amazing. And I appreciate all your comments and your correspondences. If you want to get in touch with me, Contact at RepublicanDirtyTricks.com. Remember to like the show on, uh, what do you call it, on YouTube. Not just like it. Subscribe, like the videos, share, hit the bell there, and you can get notified when we do go on the air and have our weekday specials. We won't be doing any watch parties, but we do have a debate on Sunday, so I hope everybody gets a chance to watch the debate. And we can get together again and talk about it. Stay safe. Don't listen right now, right-wingers. I'm talking to my audience now. Guys, remember, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. I don't want anybody getting sick. And remember, 
if you do, just you'll get through it. It'll be fine. But also tell us how you're doing because we are building a community. We are in this together. The founders said it like this. They said, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. We say we stick together, we win, and we will win. We are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of humanity. We are not in denial. We know what's going on, and we are ready to fight, and we will never give up. My name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you soon.